Hey guys, welcome to episode 9 of Clubhouse Conversations. Um, just wanted to record a quick message uh, ahead of this episode. Um, episode 9 is part 1 of a two-part interview with Alan Southern. Uh, we recorded it a few weeks ago. Um, but it, we spoke for about two and a half hours. Uh, we talked everything from his time in Pembroke uh, to his playing abroad, his, his time with um, the Irish squad to you know, you know, what, ho- what the future holds for him. Um, uh, but it was it was long, so I wanted to split it up into two parts so that uh, it'd be a little bit more digestible. Um, so you're listening here to part one. Uh, part two will be out as episode 10 in two weeks' time. Um, and we hope you stay tuned and enjoy both parts. Um, I'm going to stop talking now uh, and let you enjoy the interview. Okay, guys, welcome to another episode of Clubhouse Conversations. I am your host, Simon Thornton. Joining me in the clubhouse this week is a man who has played both here and on the continent, lining out for Pembroke since he was a kid and enjoying stints with Den Bosch in Holland, Gantois and Racing Brussels in Belgium. He is an Irish Olympian with 187 appearances and 83 goals in the green jersey. Without further ado, Alan Southern. Al, welcome. Simon, how are you? Good to see you. You too. You too. This is great. Great to, great to get you on here. Um, look, we're going to dive straight off as we do with everybody and literally straight in with sort of how did you start hockey? How did you come into it? Um, tell us a little bit about your, your sort of early de- de- developmental skills, uh, experiences. You. Uh, throw it straight in here now. Uh, well, I... Pretty much as from as far back as I can remember, I was walking out onto the pitch in Pembroke and just banging a ball around the pitch in any which way. As like years went on, that became my move towards the D and just stood by the penalty spot and just hit balls repeatedly into the goal. Um, but I, like my dad was a member of the club. So when I was born, it was just, that was it. I was, I was straight in. And, and as soon as I was old enough, I was down there and I was, that was my Saturdays pretty much for my entire childhood. You know, it's uh, that, that was my introduction to it. And that's, I went from there, I suppose. Another clubhouse kid, a little bit like myself. I suppose that's one of my, um, that is actually one of my memories from sort of the cults and stuff. Friday nights be like yourself always down hitting a ball with like Tim Hill, Timmy Lewis, Scott Furlong, all that kind of group. I just remember it, sort of a big group of you guys always there, always knocking a ball. And you, you can you can see it in your in your playing because I think it's something that maybe lacks now a little bit. That kids show up, they do their little bit of training, but they it's the stuff outside of that where you're just yourself and a ball and a target or a goal or something that you really hone those skills into something that I think like you're one of the most prolific goal scorers in Irish history, I think, in the sport. Like that does not come from just having that like innate talent. Ah, rock up onto the pitch and hit a ball. Like, do, is that is that where you sort of see a lot of your success in in later life? Is from a lot of that just playing with a ball? Uh, one hundred percent. I like <clears throat> as as good as the coaching that I've had over the years and and kind of the later years when like I was kind of fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and like trying like start to move into like like representative teams and stuff like that i learned i had like I, I would say i learned the guts of 
what I know and how I am as a player and how I am in front of goal from just my own time when I was like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, down in Pembroke on a Saturday after like, you know, the first to play to watch the first and then I would just be on the pitch at halftime and then on the pitch as soon as all the other teams had finished their games and I'd be there for three or four hours just like practicing different shots that at that time I didn't even it was just fun I was just like I wasn't even thinking of it as training or thinking of it as I was just a kid out just chasing whatever it was and like you know practicing reverse stick shots or practicing flicking into the goal or like everything and and 100% that just comes into them when you get a bit older all of a sudden it becomes a bit more than just playing out with your friends and you're like oh actually do you know what I I know these skills you know I can do this and you know that it, it definitely is where where I I kind of hone that I think it's it's so true like it is just play and I and and that's maybe that is literally what's missing like you can come back and analyze it afterwards like at the end of the day you know you have your the variability in your training because you're just hitting the ball wherever it lands like there's nothing particularly structured about it like and you can hit a ball from pretty much anywhere like the variation is like if you've got time for full reverse you got short you got the ball falls pretty much anywhere pretty pretty safe bet that you're going to get something on it with whatever skill that comes out in that time and that's key like you can't really train that as a coach you can give opportunities to learn that way but you really can't train that properly as a coach that has to be given over to the to the player just to essentially just fiddle around and fiddle around so much that there's no scenario really that you haven't really encountered yet there's very rare opportunities for that Um, i think it's really sorry to put a cross on that but i think it's like you know i've had over over the years like different people have said to me you know geez at times when you hit a reverse stick like your your hands are like like beyond the grip they're almost on the stick part like it's so like you've dropped it so low because the ball is so close to my feet and that's just something I found like you know I like I find it really it's it's like there's no one way of performing a skill so if 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 I hit it with my hands like closed like this or if like I hit it like this it doesn't matter if you get the ball on goal that's the, that's what we're looking for you know what I mean and and if that means that someone finds it in a certain way then that's the way to do it like I look I think it's very specific to to shooting on goal those skills there's obviously you know pushing and stopping and everything you can't go around holding your hands like this but like yeah. you know the, uh, certainly for goal scoring and, and and hitting towards goal and you know that that look be creative and, and find your way and find what works and if you can hit the ball at what someone says is like not technically right but it goes in the goal it doesn't matter absolutely like i don't care if you've got a perfect technique but you still can't score goals and you still can't put a ball on target it's irrelevant so yeah. whatever you can do and i suppose the nature of being in the circle you've got no time you've got no space so you have to have just this massive breadth of skills just to get something on it and like yeah. you know sometimes it's not the hardest shot that goes in the goal it's the one that you get off the quickest because it's either the goalie's not expecting it, they're slightly off their weight, it comes out of nowhere, all those kind of things all add into, into that. Um, you mentioned your representative honours. So were you into Leinster stuff and all that early on? Did you come to it late or how did that sort of journey start? That journey was, look, for me, it was like from when I was, as soon as I knew 
all I ever wanted to do was to play for Ireland and to play for Pembroke and to play like you know that was yeah. like for a long time in my life that was just it was everything and like I was I went to school in St Andrews so I was very lucky I was on kind of on a pathway there where you know um, I was surrounded by good coaches and I was on the right I was in the right school in terms of like getting put forward for trials and these kind of things so when I was in second year I went for Leinster trials and you know it's geez, it feels like a hundred years ago now like well it's probably not far off it like but I remember going down and it was I think we could have been in Corinthians and we had like first trials and stuff and it was just it was all your mates it was everyone you knew it was all your school circuit it was your club circuit it was you know and everyone wanted the same thing as you obviously so it's it like you know you look back on it and like it's like it's not an easy thing to go through you know when you're 13 or 14 years old and all of a sudden the hockey isn't just out playing with your mates all of a sudden you're 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 getting competitive and you're all of a sudden your mate that you were hitting around the club is now it's me or him kind of thing or but I got selected for Leinster when I was 14 it was my first um under 16 interpros you're on the younger side of that group I was I was there there I got selected for Leinster when I was 14 and I got picked for Ireland in the same year and so I did two years under 16 two years under 18 which was there wasn't a huge amount of people who kind of did that normally it was kind of with your with you went in and maybe you had a trial in your first year you didn't get selected and then you went back and you you got selected in your second year and, and kind of and then maybe moved into two years of under 18 but um whatever I see I showed something to the coaches and that was I was very lucky and you know I'm really thankful for that and and I look back on those times really fond memories you know that was the beginning of my my uh, my hockey career so to speak you know yeah yeah and you really haven't sort of taken a break since so did you were there 21s then at the end of the 18s with Irish stuff or was there did you get pulled straight into the senior squad um or how did that kind of how did that transition start to happen yeah, the so there was no under twenty ones when I first came out of eighteen. So it, it it was literally that summer that we were we went to Poland for under eighteen Europeans, and just before that, Dave Passmore. I think about six months before that, Dave Passmore had come in as coach of the men's senior team, and he created this new. He took away the under twenty ones. I don't think he thought it was the right kind of stepping stone for to get into the senior team and that, and he created the development group. So when I came out of 18s, I went into the Irish development group and for probably a year and a half, I was, we kind of went and we played, we played matches against Germany and we played matches against Egypt. Like we, like there was all these different games, you know, and, and different training camps. You would, you would essentially, you would train on a weekend and then on a Sunday you would play off matches against the the national the senior side yeah. so it was it was that was like when I look at now how things are and how like you know people are brought into the group and stuff you know it's it was a, it was a, a different uh different different uh path to get into it and and tough like you know there was you know, you go along like that on Sunday, you go along to play these matches against the senior team and it was, you know, I want your spot and I'm here to show that. And, you know, 
more often than not and like you would probably see like when you're coaching and you have a team at the end of a training session and one team is supposedly stronger but generally that team is the team that wins because they have that common goal of saying you know f you i'm we're going to show you that you know it's not all about them or you know and that's generally on a sunday afternoon we would play the irish team we'd be training all weekend they'd be training all weekend and they didn't really they were there they were safe and they were kind of you know ah we have to play this game and we we go hell for leather against them and you know that was that was the move in anyway for to get towards the the senior side anyway from the 18s sorry to ramble on a bit but that was okay i suppose i might have jumped ahead a little bit then with with 18 with 16s and 18s how did you guys go with tournaments and stuff like were you guys successful then and like were you successful in andrews and you kind of used to sort of winning the whole way through or or what was your i suppose what was your medal count up until that point not at all, man. It was, you know, <clears throat> club wise in Pembroke, I was very lucky, like all the way through from under eights up to under 16s. I think we won everything in, you know, like like all the all the medals and all the cups and the Bailey Cup and all these things as you go through and the, the under 16, like the league and the cup, we won that and, and that. But in school, like I was, we were up against a really tough Wesley side that had like everyone in, like you know Ian Walker, Chris Pilo, um, you know Mitch Darling, uh, you know Scott Evans, Henry Mix, like like just a team of like they were they were ready made for to to just go in and, and win things. But I was lucky enough to win a junior cup and a senior cup, so you know that for me, yeah, like I was you know that was. And they were really, really good memories. It was in the one year, I was in fourth year and I was the captain of the junior team. So that was great. And then I was fourth year playing on the senior side and we won, we beat Wesley. And that was their memories I have forever. And I, I still look back on those really fondly. Like, you know, that was great. Um, and then Irish side and Leinster side. Leinster, I didn't win an Interpros until I was under 21s in like my second year. We used to go and we would be Ulster were always so strong. Yeah. They would they would always beat us. And then when we got to under 18s, Munster were really strong. They had the Hearts, they had Johnny Bruton, they had, you know, a bunch of guys, really, really talented hockey players. Um and and we played them it was down in Cork and they were just they were, you know, they're that real Munster pride and and the fire in the belly and and they they were a very good side. Um, and then we got to under 21s, you know, we had moved into kind of, a lot of us were in the senior group and, and we had a really, really, really good Leinster side and, and we managed to win it up in Three Rock. Um, and again, that's another great memory. You know, we haven't had something for so long and you, you've never, you've never won something like that. When you do do it eventually, it's, you know, it's, it's fantastic and, and they're great memories as well. But on the Irish side of things, this is probably where it's most interesting because you take it away from like that, your school group and your group of friends and people that you know in this this one little Irish hockey community, you know, which is fantastic. It's a brilliant community. But we went abroad under 16s, we went to Rotterdam. And you imagine a bunch of like 14, 15 year olds from like Dublin, Cork, Ulster going over to Rotterdam Hockey Club. Yeah. And like looking at this place and thinking, what the hell is going on here? 
And then not only that, all of a sudden you're looking across and you're seeing 14 and 15 year olds from Spain and Holland. And like, even at that stage, you know, like I knew, like I, I was, hockey was there. I, I knew, I knew names of the guys that were on the Dutch team already because I just followed it. And I knew I would read things. I would like translate things from like Dutch into like English and like read them from like Dutch websites and like read about these guys. So I was like, all of a sudden I was seeing these guys and we were lining up on the pitch against them. And that was really eye-opening in that it really showed me that there was so much more work to be done to get to the top level. Because it wasn't, now I wasn't just looking at like, you know, Johnny down the road. I was thinking, you know what, I need to be better than whoever it is over in Holland, or I need to be doing more than such and such in Spain, you know, to, to really get to the top level. And in that tournament in Holland, we, the under 18s won gold, wow. which was like completely unprecedented, never been done. And they had a, they had a brilliant team and it was great. That was, that was, that was really, it was, it was great. And it was tough at the same time in terms of like, we, we were, we just, just about avoided relegation. Okay. So that was, that was a win for us, you know, but then seeing them win gold, it was like, okay, look, this is possible. This can be done. You know, you can, you can really compete at this level. It is doable. Uh, you finally see someone, a group doing it that it, it just breaks that, that's, that sort of wall behind it. hundred percent. And I akin it to like what we've done with the men's, the Irish men's and what we did kind of around the kind of 2014 to 2017 time, um, 2018. You know, you, you, you do things that people haven't seen before and then all of a sudden it's really tangible and, and, and there's kids out there and they're going, you know, I can do that or I want to be in that. I want to get to the World Cup. I want to get to the Olympics. I want to do these things. And that's why it's, I see the women now and it's fantastic. And like, you know, they're really, they're such role models for all girls that are coming into the club or walking down and they're like, not only are they like, geez, we can do that. They then see them because hockey's not a big community. They see them and they're like, oh my God, I know that girl. Or I saw her in the club or I saw, it's not like premiership football, which for us was like the, you know, you'd, I'd be watching football and I'd be like, oh my God, I love like, you know, like I love watching Man United. I want to see Eric Cantona, all these things. Now it's like really like, it's, it's there for kids, like on their, on their doorstep of like role models, you know? So we went from under 16s, then moved the year after that, then went to Barcelona for under 16 Europeans. And that was in my age group then. I was like at the, the upper end of under 16 level. And again, another amazing experience. Um, again, avoided relegation, fantastic. Again, the under 18s were fighting out for medals. Uh, <laughs> so at that stage, it was tough because you were like, we were then for the whole year after that we were like i'd love to be doing that you know we, we had a good team we that under 16 team that went to barcelona there's probably what one two it's probably five of them that went to rio in the end oh wow from um, that under 16 group yeah wow um, so that period like there 16s and 18s is the bulk of sort of those two squads what ended up being the sort of basis for the Irish team for the next, I suppose, until after Rio. So it more moved into when we went to under 18s, the group that left, we went to Poland for my second year of under 18s for the Europeans. And we, we were, we came fourth and we, we lost that in goal difference for a medal, which was 
you know, for us, that was like, you know, like this was a group that maybe had come through 16s, come through the first year of 18s, and never maybe thought it was possible. And all of a sudden, then we had a really good coach, Stephen Watt. We trained really hard. We were really fit. And we were good enough for a medal. We went, we played England on the first day, and England used to hammer us in any time we played them in under 16s. Played them on the first day. We haven't played them in well over a year and we drew one all and I remember the English guys turning around like George Pinner was on that team there was a couple of other guys and I remember them turning around and being like you lads are you lads are way better than us like 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 what have you been doing kind of thing you know and that that under 18 team that went to Poland I think it was like it was myself Mitch Mikey Watt the Hearts um who else I'm probably going to forget people now I can't really like like Timmy Lewis was in that team. Um, wow. But we we had a, we just we had a really really good team. You know, Adam Pritchard was in the team. Um, like the you know, there's like Ian Walker. So like there there you go. Two two of Ireland's best ever goalkeepers in one squad. That's outrageous uh, to give any insight with. And like and you know, that's the reason why Dave is where he is now. You know. Because he was pushed all along by, like, as a as a youngster by Ian, and Ian arguably could have gone on and probably fought hard and could have gotten into the squad again. You know, like could have been could have been where Dave is if you know if life was different and um that that but that that team or that team was a really special team and and it ended up being that a lot of those guys went on and and ended up being in Rio at the Olympics, which is you know real full circle kind of stuff. But not only that, they all they a lot of that those names they just listed out came and joined Pembroke as well. And as that after so they finished up school and stuff and moved up, and you end up having that little chunk of players like you, Tim Lewis, the Hearts, yourself, um, Pritchard ended up coming at some stage. Like there's a huge chunk as well that then come in and stay together. So do you, the I'm jump again jumping ahead a little bit with this question, and we'll come back to maybe that time where you guys were all together in Pembroke, but. Do you think the fact that you guys, there was a big enough chunk, like five, six players makes a huge difference. Like Connor, obviously, as well in there. Like you guys are now playing in club and playing in Ireland. So that helped you build your connections on the pitch with Ireland as well and staying together. Do you think that was kind of key to, to help sort of all of you guys move move on forwards? Um, <clears throat> it definitely did. Like I, I it's, it's very funny. Like when you look back, it's like, Obviously, when I'm still playing, it's hard to look back and really like, like look at my career and be like, you know, this and this and it. But like that time, from the age of eighteen until probably twenty three was really special hockey wise. Like it was, we went like Ned came into Pembroke, so Pembroke as a club really like really made a step forward you know you know like we had the new pitch in the clubhouse and everything had been built and it was it was the perfect timing in my life and in my career for that to happen because it just gave me that 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 step and that 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 kind of um that place to really hone my skill and to start not only hone my skill but like to start showing it and start you know we we're playing on a like a national level. Ned came in and in that first year, remember he came into preseason. We were like, who's this fellow with the long hair and like the glasses and the shorts? And like, you know, 
like he had just, just he had that winning mentality about him that Irish people really didn't have before. Like I I don't remember that in Irish sport. It was just really friendly and really nice. And that's not a bad thing, but like when you want to win and you want to be successful, you know, you need you need that kind of that that killer instinct and that that cutting edge to your what you do. And he changed everything about us in Pembroke. And in that first year we won the All Ireland the club championships. And that was game changing, you know, and like that we we had a team of, you know, so when you at the time we didn't think much of it, but when you look back, we had a, we had a fantastic team. You know, we had everyone in it. You know, you know, you had like Justin and Gordy, who were Ireland's two best forwards for years, and like Justin arguably is still Ireland's best ever forward. You know, like there's all these talents, and you know, then like you have someone like me coming in, a youngster who really wants to make it and really wants to wants to be like the Justin and wants to be like the Gordy and wants to play for Ireland and. Be, I want to be Ireland's best forward kind of thing. So, you know, we had a great mix of youth and experience and we went out and we just, we played with no real thoughts and we just like, you know, we had a, a good structure and we won it then, you know, it was fantastic. Um, but those years were, they were great. And, and we got like the hearts came up from Cork and they were fantastic. And they're like, you know, and they, they are, and they will be, they're two of Ireland's best ever players. And it's, you know, you know what they've done in their career it all started kind of from from then like that was the real step for them coming up from Cork you know um and and there were yeah just great times I suppose you, like it, it is it does seem like you said it's perfect timing for you sort of you're coming out of school and and I don't know maybe you played on some of the lower teams like as I it doesn't really happen as much anymore the better players kind of get parachuted straight into the into the higher teams but um like you're coming up, but then you're at that point where maybe there's no more 18s and stuff. All those higher performance areas are gone. Normally, maybe you're coming into what would have been just a standard club structure, but the club has actually gone out. They've gotten net in. You've got all these players coming in and you're almost as close to, I suppose, close as close to a continental sort of like high performing team, like the Dutch or the Belgians, without maybe the resources that we would have. But you're coming into that setup straight off the bat, just in your club hockey. So it's what you're getting all the time. And you can see how that block of five years is so key. It's like leading out that, that new little bit of road as you're get, coming to it. Like you can see the timing as, is, is so key. But that, that time really for the club as well, it was special. I, I came in on it in like the last maybe two or three years of it, I think. I was just, you know, Nidge was starting to step away and there needed to be a subkeeper. And I think Doran had gone and stuff. So... Like I got, I was very lucky to experience some of that, just learning from Ned sessions. I still do some of his stuff in coaching. Like uh, he's, he's still the best coach that I've ever worked with. Um, hands down, learned the most from him. I've learned a lot from other coaches, but easily the most I've learned from him, the atmosphere that he created and the, the culture, I suppose that he created in those years, maybe I, I'm, the club could possibly go with looking at some of that and creating a bit more of it, that culture that was the high performance culture that he's obviously taken and carried on. But tell us a little bit more about that time. Like there was, there's EHLs, there's, there's European trophies. There's, there's a lot goes on in that, in that five year spell. Yeah. I mean, it just to touch on what you were saying there and that like that, like what Ned did is like, he created a, a culture and he created this, this winning mentality that, you know the club had had before 
but maybe for a couple of years leading up to that where kind of it was a bit in between and then he came in and he really solidified it and he, he just he, it was he really put a professionalism to everything we did and that then showed on the pitch and that was you know the, the, the reaped its reaped its rewards all of that but <clears throat> that those Look, I'm, I'm, I look. I'm still absolutely gunning to bring the club back to Europe, win things at home, and get the club back to that level. But if you were to look at probably a period in my career and the club's life of like when it was really successful, that was for me the best Irish hockey club team to date ever, and still is. That team that won the four, uh, that we, we had a season and we won, we hosted the Europeans at home. Um, so it wasn't even about playing in Europe, but we won, we won everything. We won the Irish Senior Cup, we won the club championships, we won the league, we won the cup, we won the Europeans. We just, there was, you, we, it was, it was incredible. And <clears throat> it's hard to find a team in history, there's obviously the Garvey teams in the 90s that were fantastic. And they're like, look, it's it's a different era. But that team, I think anyone I speak to and anyone that watches the game or knows the game, that was a special team. And it was incredible to be part of that. And like that, you said, you, like, you, you were part of that as well. And, you know, they were just really good, hard, but fun times. Yeah. So, you know, you, we didn't just get that by just having talented players. We trained our asses off and we were it showed on the pitch then, you know? 100%. Um, but that time in the club was, it was really special. It was great. The club was really evolving. There was like that. There was a lot of people coming in. There was, you know, like new players coming in. There was guys coming, like Ned came came across from, he was in England, but he was obviously South African. Um, he, there was a couple of guys from South Africa that then followed him and they showed us something as well, you know, where... These are guys who maybe hit like the one of them. I remember Simo, like you know, there's someone who's been to an Olympics, and all of a sudden you're playing with someone, and you're like, Do you know what? Like, you know, he's no different than I am, or you know, like I'm a better player than he is, kind of thing. Not to, you know, if Simo's listening to this in any way, you know, like I'm not saying that, but like, you know, like in that you're looking at these guys and you really normalize it, and you're like, We're not far here, you know, there's there's tweaks that need to be made, but you know. Ireland as a whole is in the right, going in the right direction, you know. You, you, you now, like a little bit like you're saying with how, you know, you guys get into the Olympics has now opened the door for people. They can see, they can see you around the place and they go, you know, yeah, you can now put yourself into that person's shoes. They're not a, a, a footballer who earns hundreds of thousands a week, who is completely untouchable. They're just a face on the screen. There's someone who's real and they, you can now, physically put yourself or mentally put yourself into that person's shoes and even more so then you're playing next to this person you're like well like i'm faster i score more goals i can do all these things and this guy's been the olympics hold on now i can do that and and all yeah. it does it feeds into all that i wanted to come back to, to something you say and i think like i wasn't at the time that i sort of came into that you guys had obviously been together for a few years and i was sort of coming through some stuff finishing up school probably wanted to party too much. Maybe I wasn't involved in higher performance setups coming through. So I didn't maybe have the, the, the pedigree or the understanding, the, the coaching at the time. But what I do remember, and I always learned from this, and it took me a few years to put it into practice, 
but like you saw you guys were still at socials but you weren't drinking you worked your asses off in training like that is still the hardest working group of players i think i've seen and been involved with like you were always regulated from yourselves first ned it always seemed like ned very rarely had to step in and like put his stamp down as a coach because you guys were all on the same journey and if someone was getting out of line you guys would pull pull them up on it because you were on that on that path but it, the fun and the enjoyment came as a result of the hard work i think from what i've seen over the last few years and even when i was playing in railway as well people want to have the fun before the hard work is done yeah. and that is fine but that will not win you medals that will not get you to number one. And that was the biggest takeaway from that was seeing, seeing all these guys, seeing you guys and how much effort you put in and how much you earned it that then you could go and enjoy and relax it. And you got the fun and the two came together because winning is really fun. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know how, how, how it felt to be a little bit. I would still kind of see myself as sort of on the side of that looking in a little bit. Um, and I'm perfectly okay with that. But from being in that, was did you was it something that you noticed that you guys really sort of took responsibility yourselves for the the environment once Ned put the the structure and the environment there for you guys to thrive? Yeah, it was <clears throat> like yeah, you like you hit the nail on the head, and that you know we were we knew we had the talent, we knew we were good players, we knew we had a good team, but you know, knowing these things and, and looking around and, and knowing, like, if you, if you mess around in training and you don't put the work in, it doesn't matter. You know, our biggest rivals in all those years was a Glenan team that had nothing on us in terms of players and skill and ability, but they put the work in and that is the, you know, that just shows, you know, they, they, they were, they were, no, they had, they, they had a couple of great players, you know, they had, they had obviously they had Butler and they had Shaw and, um, you know, those guys are really smart players, really clever, you know, knew the game inside out. But aside from that, there was no one in that Glenan team that, you know, you would even know the name of now kind of thing, you know, where they, they just, they had that similar culture at the same time. And I suppose they had the added carrot of, wanting to beat this so-called Pembroke team that was like, you know, so fantastic. But like our that Pembroke team, I like I used to, Simon, I used to leave, I used to be in the gym every single day. I used to leave training on Tuesday and Thursday at like half nine at night and go to the gym in David Lloyd. Like it was you like if you like I wanted it so bad to win things with Pembroke and to be in the Irish team and to be the best centre forward in the world. That's, that was my goal in my entire career, you know, and like that, yeah, I like now, not every single, but like there was, there was numerous times where I thought I would leave, I would leave training and like we would have, like training then was like, it was animal stuff. It wasn't like, you know, it's, we really, you put everything into it. And I used to leave and I'd go up to the gym and I'd do a little gym session for like 45 minutes and then I go home and I'd be home at like 11 o'clock at night. Now, like in saying that, I was, I wouldn't be getting out of bed at like 7 a.m. the next morning. But like, you know, I knew I could do that. So I did it, yeah. you know. And that probably allows you, uh, allows you, and we'll touch a little bit later on the sort of the off-pitch stuff. But certainly then, like, 
you now get you win the Europeans also like even though it was a home Europeans like that atmosphere I apart from the next step which is EHL like I haven't experienced anything else like that like it was it was class I remember I something came up and Dave couldn't play and I got a game and like playing in front of that crowd playing in that environment like I just remember trying to chase that myself and just trying to get back to those places because that happened very early for me and but without the structure to know you know like how well I kind of fell into it again like I said earlier but I've always been trying to chase to get back to those kind of environments so you win on home soil awesome tournament and then you guys go into the EHL was that your second had you been in the EHL the first time they played or was that your first time so you've played both you played both of those yeah so we went the first so we when Ned first came over we won that European side and then the EHL was that was the first it was the first year of the EHL the year after Mm. we went to Antwerp and we played against Igara and a Polish team and we played a Gara on the first night and we lost 2-1 but we the first half now we got the run around and it was like welcome to the big league here like you know you're playing against a Gara you've got guys like Eddie Tubao and and all these guys playing, and like they were absolute like like if I don't know if anyone doesn't know who Eddie Tubao is like put him into YouTube and look at him play and like Spanish superstar of like hockey but by, by mid-second half, Eddie Tabea was dropping to their D and throwing overheads to get the ball away because we all of a sudden we got the run on it. We had a bloody good team and, and we were giving them a good go. We, we didn't quite do it on that night. And then in the second game against the Polish team, just a gritty, gritty game and we lost out, unfortunately. But like that experience as a whole just brought us on then to the year after, you know, where, you know, then we went and we played against Kelburn and we beat them and then we played against Rotterdam which was you know for at that at that age like so what I alluded to before of like when I was like 14 15 of like knowing who these players were all of a sudden you're playing against Rotterdam and it's like Phil Burrows and your own Hertzberger like Nolsey was there at the time as well yeah like absolute superstars of hockey and it was like all of a sudden you're not you're not reading their name or looking at them on a video on the screen you're on the pitch with them and like you're chatting to them and you're you know it's and it's your club team which was just you know it's <clears throat> you're doing it with like your best friends and that was fantastic that was another those those experiences lead me like that like I said like we said before to want to get Pembroke back there because everyone should get to experience that and Pembroke as a club should be back in that 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 um that arena you know yeah you you we watch you watch ehl every year and there's a couple of names that are always there and i i think like you our name should always be there and mm. you maybe have a fluke year where you know where like a rotterdam misses out and you find you you miss out but our name the trajectory that the club was on our name yeah. should have been there nearly every year and it is a it's a great shame that it hasn't happened for a multitude of different reasons you know like the band essentially broke up after that like five year spell. It was a natural break point. Like you guys are growing too big for the club. And you know, you moved to Den Bosch off the back of that, I think. Right? Yeah. Like the hearts moved to a couple of clubs before they settled in in Kampong and Connor came back and stuff like that. But that that sort of band broke up. Um 
but I'm digressing. But that then the EHL, so you guys had Rotterdam, and that was that's my takeaway from that was like walking around like that and seeing you seeing these guys walking past. And I, I wasn't as big of say a hockey nerd as you were then. I knew some of these guys and was blown away, like speechless walking past. The one I remember particularly was the next was the sem- uh the knockout sixteen. So we yeah. beat beat Kelburn and uh, lost to Rotterdam expected but at that stage this it was set up nicely that the top two i think had come out of the pool yeah. go to the knockout 16 and it was rotweiss from what i remember in rotterdam and yeah. i remember yeah. being in a little <laughs> again you got the draw from hell yeah literally they were just the super team at the time and i remember being in ele- in a lift with christopher zeller and that was the moment that it like dropped just looking up at this dude like Oh, I really don't want to get on the pitch in this game. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Like, just but being blown away by this by this lad and and that group. Um, again, that kicked on. That was sort of your that was your last EHL game. Then Rotweiss in Rotterdam. Again, through the like Rotterdam is an impressive place when you go. To it. Like, oh, it was look like we lost. I think we lost three nil. But at that time, that that Rotweiss team, it was they were all Olympic gold medalists. Pretty much all of them, and they were like even in European hockey, they were like a powerhouse at that stage. They were like a team that was just brought together, and they were winning everything in Germany. And at that stage, when we played them in K16, they were favourites. So it was like Rottweiss against like Pembroke Wanderers. They probably thought, "Here we go, like we'll put out the bees and and we'll we'll see." But we really mixed it with them. Yeah. And it was it was a it was a tight game, and I remember the, at the end of it, like it like that at the end of it, I know we lost, but took so much away from that in terms of, again, Irish hockey is on the up here. You know, we're we're not far away from from this kind of level. You know, we're like we're we're right to be playing Rotweiss Cologne with ten Olympic gold medalists in their in their team. You know, it um. Like that, that year for me was really. <clears throat> that I came out of that EHL, and I think I still, I think I still, I, I was lucky enough to, I scored a few goals in the first rounds of it, and after the all of it before we went to K sixteen, I was like top goal scorer in the EHL, and for me, I was like, you know, this is the five year old kid who was hitting the ball into the goal in Pembroke and dreaming of this. I was like, Do you know what we're on the right road here and this feels good and this feels right, you know, of like we're starting to get Irish hockey and Pembroke onto the map of, of you know, of world hockey, like not only European hockey, you know, it's, um, that was a, that was a good year and, and we learned a lot from that. I know, look, we, like you said, the band broke up and, but I think it was a natural progression for a lot of that team for to go on and chase bigger things and eventually get, Ireland to where Ireland is, you know, in, in world hockey. A hundred percent because, so you guys like, like now you're looking, like you said, you know, your name's there on the, on the score sheet, on the top score sheet and stuff. People are starting to see Irish names. If you're, if you're a coach or whatever, you're now starting to go, hold on, these guys can mix it. And even from your own perspective, like you mentioned sort of with Simo and, and seeing people again, you can start putting them in your shoes. You're now mixing it against, guys who've not only been in those competitions but have won medals at those competitions so again you're seeing that next level and you're like oh actually do you know what i'm a little bit closer to that than i think again feeds into your feeds your hunger i guess a little bit and gives you even more appetite because again you can put yourself 
like, ah, oh, well, I've rinsed that guy a number of times. So if I can play against this guy, I can start, you know, getting up to that level. Um, but it does, it gives you a, I suppose, um, it gives you the opportunity to go and play in Huftkwasa. And, and how was that experience? That was, I still, like that, like, like look, the Huftkwasa is by far and away, like, like the Belgian league is getting there and, and is a really good level, but the Huftkwasa is just like, the level of it, it's it's the best league in the world, and it's the not only for just it, but the hype around it and like hockey in Holland and getting to getting to experience that and getting to play for a club a, a club as big as Den Bosch. It probably came a little bit early for me, if I'll be honest, but I learned so much from it, and I loved. When I look back on it now, I, re- I loved every minute of that experience. And it's something that, like, not even, like, there's not many of the top Irish players over the years have gone to the whole class. So, like, you know, there's probably five of us. Mm. Maybe, like, you know, you've got, like, the Hearts, Mitch, myself, Faley. Big. A, yeah, like, there's... It's a short list. It's a short list, you know, like... Now, like, look, I could be leaving a couple out there, but like, I don't think like there's, it. It really is, and like, it, it just, it's such a special place to play your hockey, and you know, yeah, I, I, it was, it was, a, it was a great, it was a great, great experience for me as a, not only as a hockey player but as a person. Yeah, I wonder for, for from a developmental perspective, I suppose, you know, you've kind of been essentially top of the class for quite a while although like you, you've been the one to put the work in you're not there by default you're there because of your hard work but then to step into a an environment where you're you're no you're not at that the top dog at the moment that i think how did that then affect you in terms of did, or did it have an effect um long term maybe even just being like do you know what actually it gave you an opportunity to be to overstretch like when you're lifting and stuff, you're trying to overreach to try and improve to the level that you actually want to be at. Similar there, you're sort of in this much more challenging environment. Um, there, there isn't maybe the community that you have. There's, there's obviously the, the benefits like playing in front of crowds and stuff, like the professionalism of playing in that league. But from a developmental point of view, how did you find that the being in that more challenging environment and how did it affect? How did you bring from that then into? Because then you start to kick on, and Ireland starts to kick on, in terms of that stuff. So how did how did you learn from that to bring into the next sort of phase? That's a good question. I would say that the the biggest learning that I took from that was that what we were doing in Pembroke in the year and two before was like the base minimum for all these other places. So like Denbosch wasn't up in the top ends of the Hoflasse, but training every week was as hard, if not harder than what it was in Pembroke. In terms of not the physical side of it, because I think in Ireland, we would we just train physically harder than they do in Holland. But like once you had, once it was like stick and ball and you were playing gameplay, just the level of everyone, like your average club player was could play in the Irish team. Um, and that was the biggest takeaway for me and it really forced me to like you said I came from Pembroke where you know it was kind of like you know I was 
oh, I was top goal scorer every year and it was like I was top dog and I was you know really kind of like yeah put the work in of course to get to that level but you could be forgiven if you had an off day you know whereas it, when as soon as you went to somewhere like Holland and you're playing in the Hofklasse you could have scored a hat-trick the week before but if you had an off day you'd be told you were shite sorry for a person but like you know that's that was the and that's how it is that's the way they are in Holland and that's you know I learned I learned so much from that and and it really it did made me made me a better person and a better player it's funny we talked we talked to Iggy about this in the first episode as well and that was sort of his takeaway of the the sort of Dutchness of there's a little bit of ah should be grandery over here and people will beat around the bush whereas in Holland if you if you screw up you'll you'll know about it and you'll be told directly it's not personal it's black and white you were bad you were good this is why you were good this is why you're bad and maybe there's a it's a little refreshing i i know we've had we've had a nuke as a, a captain on the twos in the last few years and she's as much as you know the coaches have had a hand in in what they've done having her dutch perspective made life a lot easier because you know exactly and it'd be to the point and it was direct and there was a nice sort of freedom about that you might not like it at first you have to get used to it but like it's definitely something that 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 helps and that bit of directness i think is needed we kind of we do we kind of ah you'd be grand you that's okay well well done even though like you hit the ball like miles off target all that kind of stuff molly yeah, okay. a little bit you know, good effort like yeah it's like, yeah. you're not getting that over in holland i imagine no no there's, no there's no pats on the back for hitting the ball wide or like you know oh nice try like it's it's, it's not that way but and, and like that that's that's just the way they are as as people it's not even just their hockey way that's just they they'll they'll call things out and they'll like that they'll they'll say they'll say it how, how they see it um but that was that was a great experience you know that 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 club now when i look at it and you know i was 23 when i went over there and you know 23 i don't know like when i look at like kids coming up now and playing like I was 23 but I wasn't 20 like you know like none of us were at that age really in terms of like knowing what like I went away very much on a everyone else was going away and all of a sudden I got this offer and I was like you know what I'm going to go for it and take it and 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 it was great and I look back on it with like that with really good memories because it like I thought it helped me grow um but it would have been great to have one more year with that team I think we really could have done something. We could have really made a mark on Europe. Yeah. That year that you guys went and played Campo, I think if we had had that team that left the year before, I think we really could have had a good push at, at that EHL. Yeah, I, I think that is that is the sort of the one that got away a little bit. I think you, know, you saw each time you went in that you got a little bit closer, a little bit closer, like you're within touching distance of Rottweiss. Um, the way the draw fell for that one, like, you win two from two because that team would have would have beaten HGC. Like yeah. if we beat HGC with the team that we had, we, we always had like Gowan, Gowan and Jethro and Brandon Panther come over from South Africa. It was huge. You know, it was Gowan at the start of his career. And now he's been like part of the South African national team. Same with Jethro for the last few years. Like yeah. it was huge. And then we rock out with like, you got the two center back against Campo and but Campo were beatable. They went on to, to I think they win it if not the medal, but they yeah, so, yeah. yeah so they were they were huge and like 
uh, another one of your former teammates, like Gormley, was playing in the team at that time. Yeah. Um, and like I suppose when we when we played Rottweiss, uh, Campo had, was filled with uh, I think the Spanish had just won, uh, if not World Cup gold, it was Olympic gold. So there was a couple of those in that team. Yeah, Olympic silver was yeah. there. Just an eight, yeah. It's huge. Like there and there, but there was definitely and you know there was an opportunity there again for that team to stay together for one more year. But then you never know when when is the right time to cut it. Yeah, you could. Yeah. That could have been the peak and you could have been in a slump and all of your careers go a different way. Suddenly the offers dry up and, you know, people don't move abroad and you just get forgotten about. And, you know, who, who's to say? But what it did sort of start to lead into was now we started got more Irish players playing abroad and mm-hmm. the Irish team, you start to see the real trajectory of the team start to pick up. Um, but it was through some really hard years and some very, very close... Uh, very close misses. How did you deal with those? First of all, um, like there was the what was it the last last minute, last second, uh, missing out on was it an Olympics or a World Cup? In twenty twelve. Yeah, I think so. Was that you in UCD? Yeah, yeah, Olympics. That was. I actually I wasn't playing in that game. I was. So when I came back from Holland, I got in that summer. I got an injury. Uh, I broke my foot and I missed out then on tournaments that summer. And then I only was starting to come back for Pembroke kind of November time that year. I'd moved back as I was playing in Pembroke again. And kind of that, that team was on such a trajectory. And then, but then that season I was, I remember, so I was kind of, I was in the training group, but kind of wasn't, wasn't involved in the, the final 16 of it you know and that was really hard for me because I'd always been in the team like from when we broke in I was always in the team and like you know it was always kind of a, a thing and then all of a sudden I got this little setback with the injury and then I was trying to break into a team that was really going places and really doing well but I did then in the lead up to the tournament in UCD I was back into the squad I had had a great season with Pembroke. I think there was one game, I think we, we played Corinthians in the Mills Cup in Three Rock and we beat them 5-4 or something. And I scored five. And Revs, who was the coach, was up there. And like there were five goals on play. Like there was no corners in it. It was like, and he called me after and he was like, yeah, look, we don't have anyone who can score goals. Like you can't come back and train. So I came back, I was like in back in, in the fold for that then. And about three weeks before the tournament, I injured the ligaments in my knee. So that ruled me a lot. So that was tough. That was tough to watch because it was, like you said, like we were building up to a point where that team was good enough to go to an Olympic Games. Yeah. And all those players were good enough to go to an Olympic Games. And not only those players that were in the squad on that day in playing against Korea, but there was a group of guys like myself and other guys outside of it who were also good enough to push to go to an Olympics and to push Ireland onto that kind of stage you know that team was just it was you could see it coming for what happened in the years that came after that you know um but that was that was that that was tough to that was tough to watch as as much as I was like that felt like I was playing and I was out there because I just felt like that the group was ready for that um that 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 big tournament experience um and unfortunately didn't get it but 
yeah that was and then how much did that experience i suppose obviously like you said it's you've only just coming back into it so you can understand the sort of the hurt of that but it maybe doesn't have the effect on you that having been more involved over that year and whatnot might have had but um how did then that that the sort of devastation of that from the whole group how does that then inform the next four-year cycle because obviously then you guys really kick on and even you know how did how did the setup change did you guys start doing things differently how did that then evolve to the point where you're now qualifying for rio and playing in rio it was there was you know it was it was tough after that the guys were they're like there was there was a real a lot of the guys were very broken after that like in terms of like just mentally of like how close it was and the way it happened in the end where you know Korea score with seven seconds to go and there's no you, you barely take tip and the final whistle's gone and that's it yeah. you know and it's not just oh I've lost the game it's like four years and a dream you know but we had a bit of a lull for probably geez when so Revs left after 2012 and Andrew Meredith came in and a lot of people wouldn't have a lot of good things to say, <laughs> but my positive for Andrew Meredith is that I got my chance again. And um, I came in, in, I came back into the squad fully again in 2013. Um, Guys, so we're just going to leave it there for this week. Um, hope so far you've enjoyed the interview with Alan. Um, Check back in next week uh, for the second part of the interview uh, and episode 10 of Clubhouse Conversations. Um, Alan will speak a little bit more about uh, his time with Irish hockey, what it's like to be an Olympian, um, and what the future holds for him both on and off the pitch. Um, in the meantime, like the video, subscribe to the channel, uh, and check back in for part two in the coming weeks.